0: You just manage, you have to. And if you're not going to go mad, you find somewhere, hopefully, like the carers group. When we came back from France, we bought a three-story Georgian house in St. Kevin on the Lizard. And we lived there for a little while, a couple of years. And John had a stroke. Out of the blue... Not expected. He was a very fit man of 65. We'd been back off holiday for about two or three days and he wandered into the kitchen and said he wasn't feeling very well. And I said, I was busy doing washing and things, so go and sit down for a while, you know. <laughs> Whereupon he collapsed and I carried him into the lounge and put him on the settee and phoned the doctor who happened to be in the square at the time. We lived in the square. And she came in a minute after I'd phoned. And she said, I'm afraid John's had a stroke June. We've got to get the air ambulance. And they brought the air ambulance down in the square at St. Kevin, took John out of the house and popped him in the ambulance. So my son came home and took me to Trillisk. And we sat by John and we didn't honestly expect him to survive because he'd had a massive stroke from the carotid artery. He was paralysed completely down his left right side. He couldn't speak. He'd had a lot of brain damage. It was a shocking time, really. It's very hard to assimilate something like that. We've had nothing to do with disablement or stroke or heart attack or anything. He was in hospital for two, three months, and then he came home, but he was still paralysed and he couldn't speak. We had to make a room for him, a bedroom. But, of course, the bathroom and things were upstairs. There was a toilet, but he couldn't get to it because, you know, he was disabled. So it was very difficult. It was very difficult. They sent us some carers because when John came out of hospital, he was so badly disabled. But to be quite, it didn't work for us because they came about half past nine, by which time I had got him up and got him washed and dressed and fed and so forth. And then they said, well, would you sign this, please? So I said, no, you haven't done anything. So we said, no, we'd cope. And I did for 11 years. I looked after John by myself. John used to go to day centre a couple of times a week. And when he went to day centre... I dashed out and did the shopping and ran around like a mad thing, doing all the jobs that I wanted to do while he wasn't here. Uh, yeah, it worked. It worked. I couldn't ever leave him because he didn't want anyone to babysit him. It was very tying, actually. I oh, didn't have any life of my own at all. Because, and this is where the carers group came in. And they were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant. It was so nice to be able to go somewhere and talk to somebody who knew what you were talking about. So many people say, oh, I know how you feel, June. They hadn't got a bloody clue, had they? (laughs) Just being polite, you know. And then you go through a phase where people you know walk on the other side of the road because they don't really want to talk to you because of Disablement is discomforting. Sometimes people who you knew quite well, they don't honestly know what to say to you. It's hurtful. We cope with it. But John had a couple of strokes in between, whiles, and he used to have seizures, like a fit almost, because where he'd had a lot of brain damage, it causes a lot of scar tissue in the brain. And he said one day he'll have a seizure and he will die. Because that's the nature of the beast, you know. Well, 17 years later, he's still here. He's had seizures off and on since then. And he's had two three-strokes. And the last one rendered him incapable of standing, which was difficult because then I couldn't cope with him easily at home. So then we had to look for a nursing home. And he went to Penhellis then, seven years ago. I'm still here, broke, because of paying for Penelis. When you come home and you get a letter from Penhallus saying they are going to put his fees up yet again, you know, by which made me laugh, £165.31 per week. That was the rise. I looked at the letter and I thought, you've got to be kidding. Where am I going to find that? So it's all in the air at the moment, whether he may have to move from there, I don't know. I can't afford to pay any more, because if I do, I should be in debt, and I won't be able to eat. You really don't have time to stop and think. Suddenly you're a carer, what does a carer mean, you know? I mean, i would cared for him all my life, you know. He was my husband, bless his heart. He wouldn't know the cooker if it burnt his arse, you know. You just manage, you have to. And if you're not gonna go mad, you find somewhere hopefully like the carers group. It was, it was absolutely important, absolutely. Uh, we also joined a disabled group and we used to go on holiday with them and still have a normal life, you know, to some extent. Emotionally very draining because John and I had had a very happy marriage. He was a very tactile person. He'd never go past you without tapping your bum or giving you a cuddle, you know. I miss that. I miss it to this day, Um, because that's gone. He's no longer the person that I loved. He's a different person. And sometimes I look at that person even now, and I think, why am I doing this? He's not the person that I loved, you know. He's totally different. Because it does change them. Of course it does. And that's very hard to deal with. The mental side of it is very hard to deal with. I could deal with the physical side of it. We could often have a giggle about that. We we I mean some of it is 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 funny, you know, <laughs> it really is funny, you know. But When you've bathed him and he's all nice and sweet and clean and tidy and you've got clean clothes on, you've got all the washing to do and change the bed and then he'll perhaps wet himself, you know, and you think, oh, God. (laughs) And you have to start all over again. And that's when it's hard. That's when it's hard. It's very hard to keep your patience and your equilibrium. And your love as well. You know, it's very hard under those circumstances, isn't it? <laughs> he still comes out with things and he's still the same person inside. The other day I took him up in, in, to his room to do his shave, as I do on Fridays. Tidy him up, cut his nails, etc., etc., and he sat there and he tapped me. Um, what do you want, darling? Anything? I don't fancy a little bit, he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very often at a loss for words, but I was at that point. <laughs> I thought, what do I say now? <laughs> There's this 83-year-old disabled man who has been disabled, stroke disabled, for 17 years, what do I say to him? Hang on a minute, love. I said, I'll lock the door. (laughs) I still go and make sure he's all right. this morning, I went, I fed him his omelette for breakfast because sometimes he, he can't see, you see. So he can't feed him. He'll pick it up in his hands sometimes, you know, there's nobody available to help feed him. Then you know, I try and go at breakfast time so if he has an omelette or something, I'm there to feed him a nice warm omelette. Otherwise he'd be sat there with a cold omelette, you know. Well, I don't know about you, I could think of very little worse than a cold omelette, but there you are. That's just my personal feelings, you know. But then, that caring is caring, isn't it, you know. I still make sure he's got his soap and his tissues and his toothpaste and, and all the rest of it, and And then, you see, one of his shirts will come back from the laundry with half a cuff hanging off, you know, get rid of that, you know. It's things like that. You're still caring for him, although you're not a full-time carer, you know.